again, good morning. We welcome you. If you're visiting with us today, my name is Pastor Jeff. I'm serving as the interim pastor here at IAC, and glad to be here. Um, this is the second week that I've been here without my wife. It's not because we're not getting along. Uh, it's because she's had to babysit for our granddaughter for two Sundays. Um, and she liked to be here with us, but she also really enjoys being with our granddaughter. So, But she's praying for us. She's praying for us even as we meet together. So, uh, and, and again, uh, I just want to repeat what Neri said, that uh, at the close of the service, we'll take about a two-minute break, and then we're going to come back in as a, as a congregation, uh, just talk a little bit more briefly about what we heard it several weeks ago, uh, and then have an opportunity for you to ask questions and uh, raise concerns, try to answer them as best I can, uh, and then we'll have a governing board meeting right after that. So um, that's what's going to be coming up. Uh, this morning, uh, we're going to enter into a time of worship, so I'm going to invite those who are going to be coming this time to take this morning's gifts, tithes, and offerings as they come. Uh, you, they can come now, and as they do, uh, would you join me in prayer? Lord God, we have uh, just sung about your goodness. We have declared what we believe to be true about you, true about your word, your nature, your love for us. And Father, through all of this, we express, continue to express our worship through our giving. That Father, everything we have from is a gift of grace. And we pray, Lord God, that as we give this morning, we give with open hands, with open hearts, we give with a, with a generosity that has been planted in our hearts because we know your generosity. And as we give, we pray that those who have yet to come to know Jesus Christ may soon one day, very soon, call him Lord and Savior as well. We pray for wisdom and discernment through the giving of these gifts, uh, the spending of these tithes and offerings. We pray as well this morning that uh, as we open your word, that our hearts would be open before you, that we would come to a deeper knowledge of who you are, but a deeper, as well a deeper experience of your heart for us that we might draw closer to you, closer to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, if, again, if you're new with us, we have been in the middle of uh, talking about the, what's known generally as the Ten Commandments, what we've kind of called the, the Ten Words of Life. And uh, so this morning we come to verses 8, through 11 of Exodus chapter 20. So if you have your Bibles, you can look. If you don't, or however you access that, um, if you don't have either way to do that, we're going to put the scriptures up there for you. So here is the word of the Lord from this passage. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. 
For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, an author by the name of C.S. Lewis wrote a, a little devotion called Meditation in a Tool Shed. And he writes about an experience that he had when he walked into a, a tool shed in his backyard. He walked in and it was completely dark in this tool shed, except for there was a crack in the ceiling. And, and through that, this beam of light shone in the midst of the darkness down into the middle of the, the tool shed. And he said, as he looked at it, he looked from the outside, looked at it and, and saw the beam of light, saw the dust, saw how, where it hit. And he stood and he watched it for a while, but then he moved into the beam of light himself and he had a completely different experience of that light as opposed to standing outside of it he now stood in it. He compares that to how we sometimes learn about God and study God's word. He said, in the West here, in the US especially, we tend to learn things by standing back and examining them. We look at a distance from, we kind of take it apart and we go, okay, this is how it works. I begin to understand it by by observing it and studying it and dissecting it. So by the Eastern mindset, the, the mindset, again, in which the Bible is written, importance is on the experience that we really learn by experiencing. Now, this carries on to, this, to the, sab, the idea of Sabbath. We probably have all kind of at one point or another heard a teaching on Sabbath kind of looking at it from a distance. This is what the Sabbath is. This is why it works. This is what God's heart is. But it's really not, we don't really understand what God's heart is until we move and we stand in the beam of light. We don't understand the importance of Sabbath until we begin to practice it. So my hope is in today, I'm just going to touch the surface of this. It's a huge subject but that we will move from just like, oh yeah, Sabbath, I, that's one of the Ten Commandments. I, I should practice Sabbath, I think, to standing in it and having a whole different experience of God's heart and God's truth. So we live in what one person has called a, a tired generation. There is mounting evidence to, to, the, to the health problems, the psychological problems, the spiritual problems that arise out of living at a, such a fast pace, being overwhelmed by work. The term workaholic, someone who, who just constantly working is a, actually a brand new term. It wasn't coined I mean, it probably existed, but it wasn't coined until 1968 when a psychologist by the name of, uh, of I lost, lost his first name, but his last name is Oates, coined the phrase of what is going on, especially in our West, Western culture. 
What's strange about the, the, this idea of the, of the fatigue and the tiredness that we would often use to describe, how, how was your week? Oh, I was just running everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm tired, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted by, by, my, by my week. And what's strange about this idea of this general tiredness, hecticness, is the fact that we have, as a culture, more time for leisure than any previous generation or culture. There are so many things that we've been told have been given to us to make our life easier, to create more time for us, and yet we are more tired and running at a faster pace. So is it this idea of just being tired, just something that's unique to us, to our generation, or is there something more that, that is going on? The whole concept, the idea of Sabbath, almost sounds ancient, kind of archaic. S some of us may have come from uh, traditions about Sabbath. I remember talking to people about, so what was, what was Sabbath like when, when, when you were growing up? Well, in, in, in one house, they told about the fact that, that you just had to sit quietly on Sunday, on a Sabbath. Couldn't watch TV, can't play cards, you can't do anything that would be distracting, can't play games. So what did you do? Well, we just kind of sat in the living room and were quiet. And then he said the strange thing. He says, I think that we, have, we, we need to go back to those kinds of days when Sabbath was much more important. And I, my thought was like, so was that a pleasant, I, a pleasant experience for you growing up, doing just that on Sabbath? And he goes, no, I hated it. Well, oh, so you want to go back to that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, not really. <laughs> The idea of sometimes we, we, we have a negative connotation about Sabbath because of what we've experienced. But very simply, the word of God says this in, 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 verse, in verse eight. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And again, remember, we're just gonna be kind of touching the, the, the surface, but there are a couple questions I want us to think about as we talk about this idea of the Sabbath and keeping it holy. First of all, why did God give us the commandment? Why is breaking the commandment such, have such serious consequences? Why was it that it was the Sabbath in which Jesus confronted people more often? And more often they ran into trouble with people over the idea of what he did on the Sabbath, such as healing people on the Sabbath. And the fact that the people that gave him the greatest grief were people like us. They were religious people. And then the last question, kind of, what, does, what place does Sabbath have in our, in our society today? I want to say, first of all, this is really, really an important, an important concept. It's an issue. It's not just a, a side one. It's, it's the, the Sabbath is a key principle in, in learning to walk into the fullness of what God has for us, to learn what it means to find rest and peace and refreshment in our tired, tired 
lives. The Bible tells us that God was the first one to practice Sabbath, the first, if you like, the first rester. We read this in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all work. Then, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work created, the things that he had done. The word rest there means very simply this, he stopped. He, he ceased from what he had been doing. But then we read this in Exodus 31, verse 17. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. What that literally means is that, that God refreshed himself by resting. So natural question is, so was God tired <laughs> that he needed to rest? Did God just choose to rest? Yes, he did. But, but why did he choose to rest? Because he is subjecting all of creation to this idea of a rhythm of work and rest. And then he illustrates it by doing it himself. He is establishing the first model of what it means to work and to, to rest. Again, this is not something that's to, to be taken, to, taken lightly. We see it through, throughout the scriptures about the idea of Sabbath. We even see this idea, the necessity of rest in the, in, in the world that, that we live around us. From the very simple thing, like I, I think of this, of, of our heartbeats. If you, take a, if, if you were to just take a second to, to feel your heartbeat, you would think of, the, well, the heartbeat, there's, the heart is always work. I hope it continues to always work. But it beats, but in between each beat, there is silence, there is, there is rest. We see it on another level, even in the world around us, in the culture, in the weather, that we are now in a period just before everything begins to grow and to bloom. But it's a time of rest, a time where the earth stops and refreshes itself, prepares itself for, for the next cycle. The idea of just stopping and resting was never ever meant to be just a, a luxury, but it is a necessity if we are truly going to live in the fullness that, that God has for us. No one denies that, that, that it's enjoyable to have leisure, to have amusement. And in no way am I saying that, that we shouldn't, like, listen to music, watch movies. The idea of leisure and entertainment is important. It's a matter of fact, it's so important that one of the latest uh, statistics is that in the US alone, last year we spent over 500 
billion on leisure and entertainment. That includes movies, it includes television, it includes, it includes music. But sometimes what happens is we, we confuse leisure and entertainment with, with rest, the rest that God has called us to. Leisure and entertainment, for, for some people, it's, it's almost like a chocolate bar, right? You, you eat a chocolate bar and you get this rush, rush of energy and refreshment from the caffeine in the chocolate bar, but it's really short-lived. You can't live on chocolate to be refreshed and energized. You have to find something else. And again, I'm not being critical of those ideas of less, leisure and entertainment. I, I love music, music. I love, I love movies, the theater. But there's something different between that and the thing that God is, is calling to us. See, Sabbath penetrates to the deepest parts of our, of our minds, of our souls, of our very spirits, spirits, and they touch it in a way that amusement doesn't and entertainment doesn't. Now, after establishing the idea of Sabbath in Genesis, you don't really even hear about it in scripture until you get to the, the 16th chapter of, of Exodus. And this is a familiar story because we've already talked about a little bit of this when we talked about the journey of God's people. Remember, they go out into the desert and one of the first things that they face is the idea, what are we gonna eat? How are we gonna survive? And God, God tells Moses to tell the people, and I'm paraphrasing this, he says, he says every morning you're gonna go out of your tents and you're gonna see this stuff on the ground, this strange stuff, it's called manna, and you are to gather that up for you and your family for one day and use that and, and eat. The Lord is, is providing for them for their basic needs, but he's also giving them this idea of, of a healthier work concept because in that, built into it, is the idea you do that every day except the day before the Sabbath. See, in every other day, you could gather people who thought they knew better than God, so they would gather more than what they needed, and they found out when they woke up the next day, everything was rotted, with the exception of the day before the Sabbath, where God tells them they are to gather twice as much as they need on the day before. So, and that lasts. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't rot. We read this in Exodus chapter 16. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. And he said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord, so bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil and save whatever is left and keep it to morning. And again, people tried to gather more than they needed even for two days, but they found that the extra stuff that they gathered rotted. 
hoping that they could get a little bit more, keep a little bit ahead. And, I, and as I thought about that, I, I wondered how often we forego this idea of finding rest in the Lord in order to, 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 get, away, to get ahead. And what price we pay by working harder and harder and hoping to, hoping to get ahead. I believe that if we took into account the cost of, of doing that, we'd find that it's, it's a really heavy cost in terms of our relationship with God, in terms of our relationship with our families and our friends, in terms of our own health, body, mind, and spirit. This price of constantly working without ever finding this place of, of Sabbath rest. Isn't it even uncomfortable to take 10 seconds and not say anything? It, it seems to me that as God is speaking this idea of Sabbath, that he's almost treating them like children, right? Do this, if you don't do this, this is the, the, the consequence. But the truth is, the Israelites at this point were virtual children. Remember, they had been slaves for hundreds and hundreds of years. They never had any choice about how their day was gonna go, how they were gonna spend their time, how they were gonna practice leisure and entertainment because they were always at the beck and call of their masters. They never had to make any kind of choice as to whether they were gonna practice the Sabbath or not. And God is teaching them as children experiencing his love and his grace for the first time that this is what it, it, it means. He's also telling, we talked about the consequences of disobeying. He's trying to say there are very real consequences to ignoring my word and my plan for you. So it wouldn't be surprising later that when, when, when Moses is given the Ten Commandments that one of them would be focused on this idea of finding rest and and deep soul rest for our bodies as well. The commandment served a kind of several general purposes for us. It, again, it, 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 it's, it, it was to mark a distinctiveness among God's people. The rest of the world lives this way, but you are my people and you live in, in a different way. I see, it's just as a general, Everybody know Chick-fil-A? <laughs> One of their principles is what? They're closed on Sunday. It's, what's amazing is you go to an airport and you see the food court and you see everybody lined up and lined up and, pe and all these businesses are making money, making lots of money, especially in airports for food. And if there's a Chick-fil-A, it's, it's closed. 
And people look at it and go, that's weird. I wonder why they do that. And at some level, they may learn the fact that the, the person who started it was a follower of Jesus. And he took the idea of not only he not working on the Sabbath, but as well, those people who worked for them. So we are called in our lifestyle to reflect who God is and what's called. We are to be different from the world. And it doesn't, in many ways, it just doesn't make any sense. When you look at your, your calendar on a Sunday and you come to a Saturday and you say, you know what? I have, I've got more things on my list at the end of the week than I had at the beginning of, of the week. Or you begin the week with a certain amount of bills. And you come to the end of the week and you've got more bills than you had at the beginning of the week. And you say, it, it doesn't make sense for me to, to take one day when I could be earning, I could be trying to get ahead, I could be trying to catch up and saying, no, you need to stop and you need to rest. See, it doesn't make any sense to practice Sabbath unless, unless we're committed to doing what God has called us to do. Now, a lot of natural questions come up around this. First of all, the one that's most frequent is this, does it have to be Sunday? Do we all have to rest on the same day? In one sense, it, it, it makes sense to do that because then what we do, we do as a community because we, we are family. And so we're, we're living in that kind of community that establishes a rest. But it does, doesn't have to be Sunday. I'm working. <laughs> the truth is it doesn't have to be one particular day, but it, it has to be a day. For us, it's, it's always been because it can't be Sunday, it, it, it's, it's a Monday. And, and it it's, doesn't mean it's less because it's not a Sunday. So it, it, it needs to be. And there, the other question is because we're always looking like for uh, uh, what's the limit on this? So, so if my car breaks down on a Sunday, can I change the tire? Or if, I've, if this happens, can I still do it and, and still honor the Sabbath? It's not about that. <laughs> it's not testing the limits of it. It's walking, standing in the light of it. And God will show you what is good for you and, and what, what is not for our souls and, and our spirits. But it is our nature to, to kind of push. Jesus had the same conversations again with the religious people. Well, what about, what about this? Can you do this on the Sabbath? Can you do... The Sabbath is for you. It's for rest, for, for, to find some kind of a peace. It, they, these commandments were not given as, as a punishment, but they were given as a blessing to benefit, to benefit our lives, to enrich us. So again, how we do this, how we come to this idea of rhythm, of work and rest, is really up to us, but it is, but it is important. I'd invite you, again, to kind of work a little bit deeper in this. It's just to, to 
go through the Bible and find where you find the word Sabbath. And not when I say just, you know, oh, Sabbath here, Sabbath here, Sabbath here. But then to read the context of, of the idea of Sabbath. And I believe that you can come to a, we can come to a much richer understanding of, of what God's heart is in, in all of this. And then as, you, as we read, to pray and, to, and to, to ask God to lead us to an application of what does this mean for me? How am I to apply this to my life or maybe even for our family? As long as it doesn't mean sitting in the living room in chairs with the hands folded for 24 hours and call that Sabbath rest. But to talk together, what does it mean for us to, to find this rest, this place in between the beats of our busyness of our life where we can, where we can come to something? It may be that we find that some of the disorder, some of the tiredness, some of the exhaustion, some of the frustration that we often use to characterize the way we live, we may find those things kind of diminishing a bit and finding a place to be able to relax and to sit even in silence longer than 10 seconds in the presence of God and enjoy the benefits that he gives to us when he says, this is my Sabbath. This is a holy day. Find rest in it. Find peace in it. And you will be restored and you will be refreshed. Let's pray together. Father, again, we live in a culture that, that pushes against this idea of taking time just for you, even just taking time for ourselves to stop the hurriedness, the rushing around, the hecticness of our lives, to take just a day to reflect on your goodness and your grace, your love for us, to take a breath. And in that, be refreshed in your goodness and your love for us. We pray this, Father, as people who, who want to stand in the light of your word, in the light of your presence. And so grow in our experience and our love for you. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.